morning, church. Man, give me Jesus. Man, uh, Jesus changes everything. That is something that has been rattling in my brain for many, many years. Jesus changes everything. Uh, to sing that song this morning, just give me Jesus. You can have this world. Just give me Jesus. Man, if, uh, it's great to be back here with all of you this morning. If you are a guest with us today, welcome. Welcome to Vertical Church. We love the fact that you are here. We hope that you enjoy your time with us this morning. Good morning to all of you who are connecting with us online. It's great to have you with us as well. Gang, as we get going this morning, open your Bibles to 1 Corinthians chapter 16, uh, verse 1. 1 Corinthians chapter 16, starting at verse 1 this morning. Uh, or you can follow along on the screen. The, the verses will be up there a little bit later as well. Uh, before we get into this morning's conversation, I want to share with you where we're going next. I do this all the time. This shouldn't be anything new. Uh, we're gonna be, next week, we step into a brand new series called The Good Book. The Good Book. Over the years, the Bible has been affectionately known to, to the church as the good book, and to those around who know something about God as a good book. But something is changing in our culture, and over the recent decades, that's not necessarily true. People don't under, understand it or grab a hold of that as idea of the good book. In fact, it's because of our culture, it's eroding away. Each year, more and more people, I mean, fewer and fewer people read it less. I mean, <clears throat> let me just change that. Each year, fewer and fewer people read it. Each year, a, what's that? There you go. Thank you. Each year, uh, fewer and fewer people believe it to be true. And each year, fewer and fewer people believe it has any relevancy for life. So what I want to do is this three-part series we walk through as a church. I want to stop, and I want to ask a simple question. Is the good book God's book? And if it is, how does it relate to me? And how does that affect our lives and how we live. So that's what we're walking through the next three weeks. And by the way, on your seats this morning are those invite cards. Again, if you didn't pick them up and put them in your pocket or your purse, they're stuck to your back end right now, all right? <laughs> we want to help you engage with our community. One of our core values is found people, find people. And what we want to do is reach out and invite people in to hear the message of hope that Jesus changes everything. And this is a great series to invite them to because the people who reject God, people who throw Jesus to the curb and don't want anything to do with them are people who believe this book is just a bunch of junk. And this is an amazing series for you to invite those people who are skeptics in your life to come and hear how this is God's word. This is the word of truth. We're going to walk through it. We're going to show that it's relevant. We're going to show that it's reliable. We're going to show how it transforms lives. And this is an amazing series for you to invite your friends to. All right, so pick up those cards this week and invite someone you know who doesn't have a relationship with Jesus, who pushes God to the curb, and invite them to become part of this series. Today, today we're pulling this, uh, the current series to close, this idea of making change. Now, some in a room, you might be thinking, this is a great thing because we're pretty excited about it because we don't like to talk about our money. We don't like to talk about our finances. We don't like to talk about our wealth, our possessions. So you're thinking like, yes, this is it. No more talking about my stuff. But for the past three weeks, you and I, we've been walking through this idea, aligning our lives, our thoughts, our beliefs, and hopefully our actions of what we do with our money and our financial possessions to line our lives to back to what God says in his word of truth. 
And as we walk through this and as I've studied this, it's become very, very clear that the world is selling us a lie. We're selling us a lie. And if I'm being honest, a lie that the world is selling aligns itself to the prince of darkness, not the king of kings. And the lie is this. It's very simple. The best life is found in wealth and abundance of possessions. This is a lie we've been walking through every single week and facing this with the word of truth. The best life is found in wealth and abundance of possessions. And we walk through this idea that less is more, right? We need to spend less and get rid of the stuff out of our lives. Last week, I challenged us to bust free from the chains and slavery when it comes to debt and find true freedom, financial freedom in Jesus Christ. And today, we're going to wrap this whole series up by talking about how giving is good. Now, I get this, okay? That's a really hard phrase to swallow when it comes to a money series Many of you gulped as I said, like, oh no. Because you know that I know that you know. All right, let's just let's try this. Do me a favor. Look at the person next to you and tell them, I know. Look at the person on the other side of you and tell them, I know. Look at the person in behind you and say, I know. Look at the person in front of you and tell them, I know. Okay, now that we all know. You know, I know that we're going to be talking about giving, yes. But what we all now know is that we're going to be talking about you giving. <laughs> Doesn't it just make you excited? <laughs> I had one clap back there. <laughs> Hallelujah. Oh, my word. Giving. We wrestle with this idea. We all know what it feels like when someone starts talking about giving on stage, especially in church. You know, we walk through this idea that we know that I'm going to be saying some things that make, it, make us feel uncomfortable in this room. And that's okay. See, normally when we talk about giving, we break, down, break this down into three different categories. Times, time, talents, and treasures. Time, talents, and treasures. We break it up in three different categories. Time and talents is, is you allowing God to use you for his kingdom purposes. How he created you, how he, he gave you the abilities, how the gifts that he's given you as you gave your life to him for kingdom purposes. And I want to share with this with you, if you're in this room and you serve in this church, thank you. Right? Thank you. You don't know how valuable you are. You make a kingdom difference by being here on Sundays and making a difference in someone else's life by just simply serving. From the street to the seats, we have a lot of people serving. Thank you. But I'm not sure if everybody in the room is serving. And I want to share with you this morning, right now we need our church's help. Talents and time, we're asking our church to step up and serve. See, right now, our kids' ministry is growing. But guess what isn't? Our volunteers. Our volunteers, we need your help to step in and serve in an amazing ministry. And I want to challenge you this morning. If you're not serving, can you rock a baby for Jesus? I give them to my wife. She takes care of that, right? Can you rock a baby for Jesus? Can you commit to make a difference to the next generation for the church? Because that's what they are, friends. 
We teach Jesus at their level so they can embrace him in their lives and live for him, and we need your help. So what you could do this morning in those orange cards, right in the seat backs in front of you, if you're not serving, please put there, I want to make a difference. Put your name, and we'll contact you and start the process and how you can step into this amazing ministry and make a difference in some kids' lives, okay? So that's, that's our time and our talents. Well, then we got to talk about treasures, that's everything that includes everything that we have. And as I read through this book, and I read through it, it would go through it over and over, I'm reminded over and over that giving is good. Jesus, our Lord and Savior, said, it is better to give, it is more blessed to give than to receive. In fact, Paul, a follower of Jesus, where we're going to be looking at one of his letters today, 1 Corinthians, um, wrote this idea to the churches of Ephesus as he was getting ready to leave town. Look at this in Acts chapter 20, verse 35. He says, in everything I did, I showed you that by this kind of hard work, we must help the weak, remembering the words of the Lord Jesus himself said, it is more blessed to give than to receive. Did you see what Paul just did right there? The dude just name dropped, all right? I'm sure that some of you have done this in this room, or have you been around when someone else has done this in your life, that people name drop. You throw a name of significance out in a situation. Why? To make a point. And Paul is saying very, very simply, listen, if you don't want to listen to me, <clears throat> listen to Jesus. It's better, it's better to give. It's more blessed to give than to receive. And if we step back and we look at this, we can see further and further in the word that Jesus' brother James warns people not to hoard their wealth. Peter, a guy who walked with Jesus side by side with him for three years, said, tells the church, the leaders, not to be greedy. Giving is good. And if we step back and look at things from a bigger perspective, we can see how God has displayed his character in giving is good immensely in our own lives. Every single one of us. We have been given so much in Jesus. We've been given eternal life. We've been given the gift of the Holy Spirit. We've been given gifts to serve him in his kingdom. We've been given the abilities and the mind to work. We've been given our spouses We've given the gift of our kids. We've given our jobs, our homes, our everything. God is a giver. And the greatest gift in human history is Jesus. That Jesus gave his everything so we can experience our everything with him. Giving is good. Say that with me. Giving is good. One more time. Giving is good. And if you've ever been on the receiving side of gifts, you know exactly how that feels. When it comes to giving, being financially generous, I believe God knows exactly what you and I face. I believe he knows exactly what we face. He knows the, the opposite of his heart is being championed in this world. And as we read his word, we can come through this and understand he has a desire to walk us through a process, a process of how we can build his goodness into our life by giving. See, giving is good because it reflects him. 
And that's what we're going to do this morning. We're going to walk through a process that God gives us to learn how to reflect him to the world around us about giving. So if your Bible's open, 1 Corinthians chapter 16, we'll be looking at verse 1, or you can follow along on the screen. And look at this at verse 1. It says, now about the collection of the Lord's people. Do what I told the Galatian churches to do. On the first day of each week, one of you, each one of you should set aside a sum of money in keeping up with your income, saving it up so that when I come, no collections have to be made. So we look at a process of giving, what it means to be good, and the first step in our process of giving is just, just to give something, right? We give something. That's our first step is to give something. Let me just put this right here so we can see this. We give something. Throughout the year as a church, we have various projects or events that we ask you as a church to give to. Last week, we handed almost 70,000 pieces of candy to over 750 kids and had somewhere as over 1,500 people walk through our trunk or treat. We asked you as a church to be a part of it, to give candy. We asked you as a church to be a part of it by making a trunk and dressing up in some silly costumes. And guess what? You did it and it was good. We did a back to school bash this year. We asked you as a church to supply school supplies and you rocked it. You did. Not only did we serve our own community, we reached out to another county and handed them some school supplies. We're in our communities making a difference, blessing them in many, many ways, and it was good. We do a dollar difference every single month. And Bart just shared one this morning. We're going to be back into our community, giving back to them, loving them, tell them that the church is here from. We are for them. It's our desire to continue to reach out and love them in a variety of ways and, and reach into different organizations. Giving is good. And we ask you to be a part of this. We organize these opportunities with great intentionality. We don't just come up with some ideas. Let's just throw this out there, this out there. We do this intentionally. Why? Because giving is good. And we want you, the church, to continue to see and build this reflection of giving into your lives because it reflects your holy, heavenly Father. And this is the same when it comes to giving back to God financially. Giving is good. Our worship is not just through song or reading through his word. Our worship is through what we do with what he is giving us. Everything we own and have belongs to him. God has asked for a part of it back. And our first step in the process is just giving something. When Paul says, each of you, guess what it means? Someone just shout it out. Yeah, oh, look at that. Made it so simple. Each of you, if you're in this room, you're watching online or listening to later on the podcast, Paul is talking to every single one of those who are a follower of Jesus Christ. You've given your life to Jesus. He's saying, each of you. And here's the thing. This isn't new. This isn't something new. Supporting God's work through giving financially to reach others has been a pattern for Christ followers for centuries. Even the scripture that we're reading this morning, Paul was collecting for the church in Jerusalem. A famine had hit Israel, and God's people were giving to love on and continue the mission of the church, the newly born church. 
Paul didn't say, hey, we well, expect you to give equal amounts. But he said to every single one of us as a follower of Jesus, I expect you to give something. And maybe that's your first step this morning. Maybe it's your first step to actually give something. Here's the truth, friends. I would love for you to give here. As I read the scripture, I believe our first give is, as followers of Jesus is to his church for his kingdom purposes. It's been established for a long, long time. But I only want you to give here if you fully believe this is the best place to reach the most possible people with the message of hope of Jesus Christ. If you have an idea of some other way, give there. See, I believe in the church. I believe in our mission of making more and better disciples of Jesus Christ. And if you believe that we are doing that here, I encourage you to give here. But only if you believe it. And when you give, you make that mission possible. I don't care about the lights. I don't care about the sound. All that giving helps that take place. Why? So we can invite people to church who don't know Jesus. So we can share the love of Jesus. So they come to Jesus. So they can walk with Jesus and be with Jesus forever. It's a whole lot of Jesus. And when you give, you're saying, okay, I'm aligning my life. I'm saying I am in. I want to make a kingdom difference because your heart agrees with the mission of the church. So you have to make that decision. Do you believe that this church, vertical church, is reaching people for Jesus? See, we don't just want to grow and build a vertical church. We want to fill heaven with saved souls. And when you give, it allows us to do just that. Our first step in the process is we give something. Then the second step is we give regularly. We give regularly. Look back at verse 2. This is on the first day of every week. Each one of you should give set aside a sum of money. On the first day of every week is a pattern for you and I to follow. Just most of all, like anything in our lives, anything we want to do in life, we want to grow at or get better in, we build consistency in it. Right? If we want to lose weight, we build a consistency of not going to the cupboards at 10 o'clock and grabbing a bag of Oreos. Right? If we want to get fit, we build consistency to go work out regularly, right? Exercise. We build it into our lives. And if we want to crush the latest Call of Duty or take on the world in Fortnite, guess what we do? We regularly bring up the devices and play those games because we want to get better at it. We want to grow in it. Well, this is the same with our life with Jesus. This is the same in our walk with Christ. Consistency is key. We grow in our prayer life when we pray regularly. We normalize it into our lives. We want to grow in the knowledge and understanding of God and how he's called us to live, right? We read the Bible regularly. We build it into our lives. And if we want to be more connected people, 
and live in the community that we are created to live in? Guess we do. We come to church regularly. We join a small group and attend regularly. We build consistency of those things in our lives. If we want to grow in the grace of giving, becoming generous, living missionally with everything that he has given us, we give regularly. See, we can all have generous thoughts and not actually become generous. I be honest, I have to work at it. My wife does a really good job keeping me in line. We need to build a pattern of giving into our lives. And that is by giving regularly. So we give something. The next step is giving regularly. And then the third step we step in the process is giving proportionately. Giving proportionately. Back at verse 2, it says, On the first day of every week, each one of you should set aside a sum of money. Look at this. In keeping with your income. In keeping with your income, saving it up so that when the time of collection comes, the collection has to be made. Okay, this is where the squeeze starts happening in our lives, right? This is like, ah, I can give something. I'll give us something a little bit here on a regular basis, but give proportionally. This is when the squeeze comes in. And when it comes to this idea of giving proportionally, a word that is thrown around in churches a whole ton about giving proportionally is this word called tithe or tithing. Tithe or tithing. Does anybody, just show me your hand. Oh, actually, don't, don't, don't show me your hands. Because I hear this word in churches, and if someone comes to church, they're new to Jesus, or new to the church, and they walk in and they hear a pastor or a church leader say, you got to give your tithe, I think they have no clue what we're talking about. Some of you right here, right now, like, I don't even know what a tithe is. I mean, what do, what do we think a tithe is? Maybe it's a new way to wash our clothes. <laughs> right? Maybe it's a new way to wash your clothes. It's like circles or scrubs. I don't know. Maybe it's a new laundry detergent that we use to wash our clothes. I mean, what is a tithe? Maybe, maybe it's a new approved Christian dance. Right? May I tithe? I'm tithing. I mean, you have no idea. I mean, flossing, right? Used to be something you did to your teeth, but now it's a... You were waiting for it. Not happening. <laughs> Tithing. Maybe it's a posture of praise and prayer. I mean, they have T-bowing, right? They're making fun of T-bow. So what is tithe? See, tithing is an Old, an old Testament term meaning giving. A tithe is a tenth. And throughout the Old Testament, God called his people to give the first tenth of everything they had from their harvest and give it to the Lord at the temple so they, the priests, can continue to do the work. And what the church has done has brought this, this term, carried it over into the New Testament church in all their conversation. But here's the truth when it comes to giving. And, and we are to give God our first and our best, not our leftovers. So that's where the church brings it in. We give God our first and our best, not our leftovers. We don't go do whatever we want, inspire whatever we want, have what we want, and just give God the crumbs at the end of the day. That's what the scriptures tells us. And Paul doesn't give us a percentage. 
I just say 10% is a good place to start. For those in the room who are Bible scholars and want to debate on this idea that saying the tithing is an Old Testament thing, not a church thing, because we're no longer under the law, but under the grace of Jesus Christ, I would say you're absolutely right. You're absolutely right. But then I would encourage you to go back to read Matthew chapter 5 and the Sermon on the Mount and see how Jesus fulfills the law, but every time he fulfills the law, he actually raises the bar on everything. I'm just saying 10% is a great place to start. We are to give something. We are to give regularly. Give proportionately. There's a growing trend in our country, friends. And it's not a good one. Forbes magazine did some research. And they found out that for the Americans, the more they make, the less they give percentage-wise. The more the money they brought home... They brought more and more and more with raises, whatever, but what they gave stayed the same, or get this, decreased. You know who they found who gave the most? Those who had the least. We give something, we give regularly, we give. Proportionally, and the last one is we give sacrificially. We give sacrificially. You don't have to turn there, but Paul continues his conversation with the Corinthian church in 2 Corinthians chapter 8. They'll be on the screen. Look at that in verse 1. He says, Now, brothers and sisters, we want you to know about the grace that God has given the Macedonian churches. And amidst a very severe trial, their overflowing joy and their extreme poverty welled up in rich generosity. Verse three, I testify that they gave as much as they were able, even beyond their ability, entirely on their own. They urgently pleaded with us with the privilege of sharing in this service for the, to the Lord's people. And they exceeded our expectations and they gave themselves, first of all, to the Lord and then the will of God, us also. Giving and being generous is not dependent on our income. Being generous and giving depends on our heart. That's what I read there. These Macedonian churches were once a thriving society, but because of the devastation of war, they were plagued with poverty. But get this. They pleaded to give. They considered it a privilege to give. And the whole time they were overflowed with joy. Sacrificial giving is the hardest step for us to take. But some of the happiest people I know are those who give sacrificially. I've seen vehicles given. Someone was in need of a car, they, need a, they couldn't get back and forth to work. I saw someone drive up, hand the keys, and walk away. What? I've heard a story of a pastor who has received a checkbook. Someone come and said, Pastor, here is a checkbook, and when you see a need, meet a need, and when it gets low, let me know, because I'm going to put a deposit in there for you. 
That's crazy. That's sacrifice. And I have been on the receiving end of this, Stephanie and I and the boys. We have friends in New York who started a USA, USDA certified meat plant. And I watched them build the building, pour the concrete, all this kind of stuff. And then we left to go to seminary. And you know how seminary students, we're poor seminary students. For four years, they filled our freezer with meat. Four years. Four times a year, we go back to New York and they would give us coolers to put in our upright freezer, which now sits in Benson's garage. <laughs> Did you feel it for me? <laughs> but here's the thing. He shouldn't have been doing that because he could barely make payroll. He could barely keep his business open. He could barely pay for the next construction loan. He could barely do any of that. But he looked at us and says, they're gonna go do God's work. We wanna support them sacrificially. And they did it for four years. That's why giving is good. And there's a process for us to walk through so it starts reflecting our awesome Father who has given so much to us. Now, I'll get it. Giving is a scary thing. There's a fear behind giving. There's a fear of trusting God. There's a fear of just handing a check over or giving online. There's a fear. And so if you see on here, there's a ladder. And there's a ladder because it represents fear for me because I don't like heights. Here's my man card. I don't care, right? I don't like heights. But sometimes you just got to take the step. See, when you get this idea and you take your first step and you're giving something... It's not, it's not so bad, right? I can do this. I can do this. You get up there and it's not so bad. But then you look, okay, I'm giving, I'm, I'm giving something. And then you take that step and you realize, I can do this. I can keep on moving forward. I can trust in God. He's being faithful. I, I don't see any loss and God's blessing me. And so then you take the next step. All right. So you give regularly. Man, you guys look small. So you give regularly, and and it becomes a pattern, a habit, right? You're doing this over and over and over again. You're like, I can can do this. I'm I'm buying in. I'm going to live on mission. I'm doing what God wants me to do. And then you take the next step, and you start giving. This is not going to be fun. Oh, I'll go get it. I'll get it. I'll be be glad to come down. Sign from God. Don't go up the ladder, Rich. Yeah, all right, here we go. Okay, so then we give proportionally. And then this is not fun, right? And it gets scary, and you're looking down at the world, and like, I don't know how I'm going to pay my bills, but then you do this first, and you see how God provides. Let me just tell you. Steph and I bought our first home, and three months later, she said, God told me that it's time to come home and take care of the kids. I was like, what? <laughs> She's like, Yeah. God told me it's time to come home. I was like, well, I'll pray about that. (laughs) She was 45% of our income. We had just bought a house. And then God hit me in the head by a two-boy four. And we continued to give through the process. We took out our income. And guess what? We paid all of our bills on time. Like never before. Better than before. 
And she'd come home with groceries and I'd come in and help put them away. And I'd open his cupboards and I was singing this ridiculous off tune, thank you Lord for full cupboards, right? And it was ridiculous. But I trust that God was gonna provide. I was honoring him, what he's given. And then you got the last step. Giving. I'm not gonna go get it. Giving sacrificially. Giving sacrificially. I'm shaking inside. This is that big step. Trusting God. Believing in the mission. Doing what he's called you to do. And just loving on others. Yeah. Friends. That was not fun. Yeah. But I equate that to understanding what it means to give our own finances in our home. I understand the fear of every level because I've walked through it. I understand every moment I tell you to take another step how much I'm afraid. So I don't want you to think I say these things, share God's word, and I'm not there with you. I'm right there with you. I get it. So I want to do this morning, I want to challenge you in a 90-day giving challenge. A 90-day giving challenge. Right now, in this room, these little cards are being given out. They'll be handed to you, and this is a 90-day giving challenge. And on this card, if you're here to a first-time giver, you can, make, you can write down like what you would like to give for the very first time, and, or put an other. You're, if you're, you're a giver here, and you're a regular giver here, maybe you want to be challenged to be giving more. Increase your giving for the next 90 days. See, when it comes to our finances, God wants us to trust him. God wants us to trust him. We believe that God is faithful, and when we practice generosity, we'll see God work in our lives in an amazing way. And so right now, you're getting the cards, and I wanted to share with you, here is the challenge. Again, if you're not giving, to give. If you're giving, take the next step in your giving for 90 days and see what God does in your life as he expands the faith and as you work it out in your hearts. And if over the 90 days, you don't see God move in your life. You don't see God expand your faith. Then let us know. We'll give you your money back. See, that's what we believe, how God will bless you for being generous. We believe how God will walk you through. That's some of that money that you use that you no longer need. You're like, oh, I can give. See, it's our vision and prayer that, that God will begin to work in our lives and it deepens our faith and trusting in him. But friends, let me just throw this out there. God's blessing may not just come in financial return. The challenge will be for all of us to keep our eyes and our hearts open so we don't miss what God is doing. For us, he provided a way for more, the food to last for longer. Maybe it's less trips with the gas because you're not going to be called to work. God can work all this out in many different ways. We need to keep our eyes open. And if 90 days come 
and you don't see it, come talk to me, come talk to Bart. We'll write you a check for everything you've given over the last 90 days or everything you increase for the next 90 days. We believe in God is that faithful, all right? But here's the thing, here's some, some things for you. You must fill out the card. You must mark it down and you put it in the, the, uh, the offering bins on the way out. You'll see them, the little black bins. They have one of these taped on and put them in there and we'll start tracking. And your, your giving needs to be put in one of these giving envelopes because we're gonna track it. We need to track it. Because if you come to us and say, hey, Rich, we didn't, God's not working in my life. We want money back. We need to know exactly what you gave. So track in these envelopes. Make a commitment. Take the challenge. And this challenge starts on November 21st. November 21st, and we're going to go from there for 90 days. So you can mark on today. If you already know what it is, put your name on it and put it on your way out. You can bring it back next week. These, things, these bins will still be there. You can put them in there as well. But don't miss out on the opportunity how God can use you. Look at this in 2 Corinthians chapter 9, verse 12. As Paul brings this conversation to the, this church to the end. He says in verse 12, this is the service that you can perform is not only supplying for the needs of the Lord's people, but is also overflowing with many expressions of thanks to God. See, when you give, it's not only supplying the service of giving, the grace of giving, and that's supplying what we're doing here. It'll help us reach more people for Jesus, and those expressions are thanks to God as people surrender their lives to him. Friends, Never underestimate what God can do with what you can do. There is a whole community of people around us that need Jesus. There's a whole, whole thing that God wants to do inside of each and every one of us to trust him. And I get it. I get it. This is the last thing that we let go of in our relationship with God. And I mentioned week one about living as economic atheists I did that for so long. And I still fight it, even as your pastor. Every day, every week, I come to him and say, this is yours, not mine. Show me how to best use it for your glory and help me reach people in the name of your son. And that's what he wants for you, church. That's what he wants for you. See, we don't want something from you. We want something for you. And that is for God to richly bless you for being obedient, being generous of what he's given you. Let's pray. Father, we thank you. We thank you for your love, your mercy, and your grace. Lord, this is... This is a tough one. This has been a tough one in my life as I'm growing in my faith and walking with you. Can I just say, God, thank you for not giving up on me. Thank you for continuing to build faith to know you will provide. And go, Lord, I pray for our church because I'm sure they have the same feelings that I have feel right now or have walked through. There's a fear when it comes to our finances because we've bought into the lie of the world. Help us 
shut out the world and embrace you fully and completely with our souls for eternal eternity and with what you've given us, what's in our wallets, what's in our bank accounts, how you provide our homes, our vehicles, whatever it may be. Help us just trust you with our everything. And right now, I'm gonna ask our prayer team to come forward. I'm gonna ask our prayer team to come forward. And if you are struggling with this area of giving in your life, they wanna pray with you, they wanna pray over you. If you have other things going on in your life, other areas in your life that you wanna surrender or need prayer for, come forward, we wanna pray with you and over you. And if you're in this room and you've heard me talk a lot about this Jesus and giving our lives to him, and if that's you, you're like, okay, I realize maybe God used this money series to open your eyes to the truth of how much he loves you and sent his son to die for you and you're ready to commit and surrender your life to him, come forward. We would love to pray with you and over you and encourage you in your walk in your walk of Christ. Father, we love you and we worship you. All we have belongs to you. Let us, as a church, live open-handed so you can do what you want to do in your, one of your greatest creations, the Church of Jesus Christ. And it's in his name we pray. Amen.